Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Radical Humanity. My name is Ben Hoover, and welcome to my podcast show, where I like to extract meaning from the events of my life. I like the philo- the the f- philosophical, psychological dimensions, the spiritual dimensions. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, uh, I'm not gonna uh, ex- uh, extrapolate further on that. Uh, welcome to my life, where I. Uh, where I just kind of explore this out through this forum. Um, and this is actually a mini-series. It's called The Heaven, The Heaven, The Kingdom of Heaven is Within You. Um, and actually, I'm, I've scrapped the past episodes, except for the first one, because I posted that. Uh, I, I did a writing, and it ended up being, it ended up being about 20, 20 pages, a little bit more than that. And I started reading it, and I thought, I don't like this. I don't like this. I'm not connected to what I've written. I mean, I like the concepts. I like what I've, uh, what's un, what's gotten unearthed in that process. But when I thought about putting it out there in the world, I thought I don't like that. I, I, I. It's it's dense. It's heady. And when I was reading it, I found myself bored, <laughs> except for the first two parts. And this is the second part that I'm. Um, this episode is the part two, but. Yeah, I, I thought, you know what? I think I want to break this up even more. I was going to do a four-part series and in my writing just have it all uh, pieced together. Um, but I I don't like that. I, I, I want to do it differently. And so, uh, so it's probably going to be six or more episodes. And really, this whole series is about exploring my spirituality. These stories have been in my head from the ancient writings uh, some of the interesting things Jesus says and the events that happen from these ancient texts that I feel really connected to. Um, I, I find them not so disconnected and detached from my present life. In fact, that's what I get excited about when I'm unraveling these pieces is what are the messages, these indis, uh, indissoluble me- messages these uh, that are inextricably connected to myself. That's what has gotten exciting for me is when I look in these texts uh, there's a message in there for me that's present. It's timeless. It's ageless. It has no half-life. So um, anyway, so all that, uh, I, I didn't like how it, the reading was, the, my, my writing piece. Um, it didn't have continuity. It didn't have flow. It was very heady. Um, and, and it really is just the uh, output, the outcome of me exploring and piecing together and putting language to uh, spirituality for myself, and uh, and really trying to understand the meaning behind these stories too. So, all that to say is uh, I'm 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 restructuring this, and so I'm redoing these episodes, and I'm gonna post them whenever I post them, and I I like it. It made sense to make them simpler, to uh, split them apart more, uh, and and I know for me, I know they fit together as a whole. Um, but I want to, for me, when I read it, I want to be excited when I read it. Like, of course I want other people to experience it and be excited and love it as well. But for myself, I really want to enjoy it. (laughs) I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. And I, I, I basically gave up at one point. I, I, I went extreme where I thought, you know what? Screw it. I'm not going to post any more stuff out there. Like it, it, this doesn't make sense. Who cares? Who really reads this? Who gets it? But, um, but when I returned to myself, I'm like, you know what? No, I want to make it work for me that fits, that I like, that I enjoy. Because I did that with the whole Beatitude series. I have loved my writings. And yes, 
it is dense and it is heady and it is extrapolating and, and, and uh, uh, extracting a lot from these eight, those eight little lines. But I really liked it. I really love it. And I want to love this piece. And I want to love these episodes when I talk about it. So, um, to the story, shall we? So, uh, normally I really stick to my writing. <laughs> However, that's not working for me. So, I am going to go off the cuff here and see what I remember and recall from my experience in writing. So, this is the, the Kingdom of Heaven is Within You Part 2. The, uh, the child is the way. So as I said before, this is this is really about putting language and exploring what spirituality is to me because I'm not just human in the sense that I'm this physical chemical assembly that, you know, I, I, I live life and I accumulate objects and I try to have a good career and so on and so forth. No, for me, there's so much more to myself. And I hope when I say that there's so much more to you, that there is this spiritual uh, a dimension to ourselves. And it can be hard to put language to that. What does that mean? Um, and and how, how does that, how do I simplify that and distill that into something that's tangible and digestible? Um, and this story for me really encapsulates that. Uh, I, I, this is probably my favorite story of all the, the stories that I've written on uh, in this whole, um, this whole lengthy piece about spirituality. Because the child, for me, is those are the truth-tellers. Those are the mirrors. Those are the reflectors of life that draw me to experience life in that way. And so uh, so the story goes like this. So uh, the disciples asked Jesus. Now, the disciples are like the, well, the, the 12. I'm sure there's more than that. But there was the, the 12 12 guys that are roaming around the streets with Jesus. And Jesus is teaching them uh, a new way of living. I mean, he's really kind of flipping things upside down in their world. And, and he's doing some interesting stuff. And he's saying some interesting things. And so he's teaching them and guiding them on, uh, on finding this way of living within themselves. But he's doing it, modeling it through the way he lives. So anyway, so the, uh, so the disciples ask him, a couple of them ask, like, hey, Jesus, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Right? Now, as I said in the previous episode, the kingdom of heaven, which was thought, the Jews had thought that the, this kingdom of heaven was this restoration of Israel, that God was going to send this messenger, this Christ Messiah guy, and and he was going to come in and he was going to um, kick the the you know, the assholes out, the, the Roman rulers and emperors that were reigning at the time and had control over the Israelites and their land and whatnot. And he thought, they a lot of them collectively thought that, that oh, this kingdom's going to come and we're going to get the keys back and things are going to go great. And Jesus basically disappoints them. And uh, for me, it's more exciting. But for them, I can imagine that it was kind of confounding and and uh, and and disappointing too, because he says, "Now the kingdom isn't out there. It's not discernible in that sense. You can't see it with your eye. It's not there or over there. So be careful about people that say, oh yeah, the kingdom's over here. It's over here. It's right there.'" He says, "Because the kingdom is actually in your midst, and amidst in Greek entro, entro, ent, entros. I think um, uh, that means within, inside." So he's saying this kingdom that you think is out there, that's going to happen out there in the external world, nah, it's in you, and it's in you right now. Now, what the hell does that mean, right? So this story then, uh, for me, builds on that. So the, the, so 
so that was a little backstory. So the, so the disciples are asking about this kingdom of heaven, but he's, they're asking, hey, who's the greatest? Who's going to be great, right? Who's going to be the alpha male, the big dog, the top dog? You know, who's, who's going to get the prize here? But Jesus, of course, in his, in his paradoxical ways, he loves to flip things upside down. He calls a child over. I don't know who this child is. I don't know who the parents are. But he calls this child over, and he places the child in the midst of the disciples. He, the child is now standing in, in the disciple lineup there. And he says, uh, uh, um, he says, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter into this kingdom. You won't get there. You won't be there. You won't be in it. And he says, he follows that with, therefore, whoever humbles himself like this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. That is such a strange thing to say, and yet, it, for me, is so exciting. And so, so there's these standout words in that, but first off, he, Jesus puts a child in the midst of disciples, which, I mean, you might as well slap them in the face because here they are kind of puffed up in a way and they're, you know, they're wanting to know who's, who's going to get the, the coveted title of who's the best. And so Jesus takes this humble, this, this little child who's, doesn't, who's not even caught up in who's great and is not even caught up in image so, because the disciples are. It's all about image in that question, right? And uh, image and being special. But here's this child. And Jesus, Jesus places the child in the midst of them and says, here you go, here's the greatest. You want to be great? Become like this. So, so you know, of course, I'm... <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what that's doing to the disciples at that time? I mean, I mean, I don't know if they're confused. I don't know if they're let down. I don't know if their ego gets ruptured a little bit. Probably they probably get a little bit of humbling going on there. Um, but here's the thing that fascinates me. And here's the thing that's exciting is that this kingdom of heaven that he talks about it's within, it's inside you. It's accessible now, and he's talking about how it's accessible. It's accessible when you become like a child. So when he says, unless you change, when he talks about change, he's, change in Greek is strepho. And strepho means convert. And convert means to change direction or turn. Now, convert is often associated in the religious sector. Is it not? It, it's, I mean, that's the way that I understand it. The conversion is when someone hops from one belief system to the next, one faith tradition to the next. So someone who grew up Catholic uh, uh, abandons the Catholic faith, leaves it because um, it doesn't work for them, and they find something else that works, that fits. Maybe it's Buddhist philosophies. Maybe it is um, a different form of Christianity. Maybe it's Mormonism. I don't know. But that's often kind of uh, where conversion, that word, tends to... Uh, it, it tends to reside, is in switching up belief systems. I converted from this to that. But this is what's so badass, because Jesus is actually saying that, no, conversion, conversion is not about that at all. Conversion is actually something that happens at the core of yourself, your identity. It happens within. And he's saying that conversion, which is change direction, right, turning towards that's what I love. It's this turning towards something else. And what he's saying is, basically, it's turning towards being like a child 
Or in other words, turning towards that nature that lives within you already. Right? So, he uses some pretty strong language here when he says, become like little children, you will never enter into this kingdom. Now, for some, that might create anxiety, but for me, that creates excitement because he's saying the kingdom of heaven is synonymous with being childlike. So, when he talks about change and he talks about becoming, this is this process. When you change, changing is an evolution. It's, there's there's a, an emergence in that. There's, there's a... Um, uh, there's an experience that's happening, becoming, right? There's, it's progressive. Now, he, let's talk about, I want to talk about this little child thing. Little child thing. I want to talk about little children for a moment. Why is he a show, why is he talking about children? Why is he saying that, that you've got to convert to this childlike nature? Why, why is this important? Well, you don't have to look very far. You don't have to go to kind of hoity-toity, high-end, uh, um, uh, exciting seminars in the world where people kind of promise you 10 steps to the greatest freedom in your life. You know, all you have to do is be with a child and have this immersive experience and observe how a child lives in the world. And how does a child live in the world? One is, is a child lives fully rooted and grounded in the present. They're not focused on the future, unless you tell them <laughs> that we're going to go someplace, right? Then they're all antsy and say, can we go, can we go, can we go? But it's always, there's all, often this excitement. But a child lives very much grounded in the now. They're attuned to, to, to the experience of existence as it is presently occurring. That's a mouthful of words right there. And so they live uh, uh, grounded in the now. And so that's, that's just how they operate. And not only that, but children are pleasure seekers. This was the exciting thing for, uh, an exciting discovery for me. Is children actually seek out things that they want to do. Not in obligation, not that they have to do, not, no. They, it, they actually, what, what is so natural in them is there's this compass to seek out something that they find pleasure in. And they enjoy it. And, they and when they don't, they go and try to find something else and something else and something else. And they're highly active and imaginative and creative. Right? I mean, think about what a child does with you. Is they, they want you to, to immerse, they want you to become immersed in their fantasy and that kind of play. They love to play. And they love enjoying something in themselves, but they, they also love sharing what they find pleasure in with other people. So there's this, there's this interaction that happens. There's this concurrent uh, parent uh, reality or uh, concurrent dynamic of me and we. And a child loves to laugh. I, and, and I mean, I, I, I have a nephew. I have two nephews. And a third one on the way, by the way. Um, but uh, the oldest one, when I get him laughing... Oh my God, I can't even sustain the energy. <laughs> but when I get him laughing, he wants me to repeat the same thing over and over and over again to recreate. He's like a laugh addict. He's, he's you know, he's, he, he wants me to, to repeat what I did that created this guffaw in him, this guttural experience of enjoyment. And I, I can't, I can't. 
I, I wear out eventually, but he loves that. This is what children, they love to laugh. They love to delight. They love pleasure. They love, and, they're, and the, only, the other thing is they're honest. They're vulnerable. You get what you get with a child. It comes out. It can't be contained. It's not suffocated or suppressed. No, a child just it, uh, it radiates this. If they and if a child lives in a very secure environment where the parents don't shame or judge, and it's this it's this rich nutrient soil, nutritious soil that they grow up in, where they're loved unconditionally, where they're embraced and accepted, and they're guided into understanding their inner world. And it's not, again, they're not judged, they're not, it's not dismissed, it's not minimized. Man, a child feels so free to be open and honest and vulnerable, which is their true nature, by the way, which is our true nature. So, um, what else? What else? Oh, a child loves to explore. I think, I might, I don't know if I've said that, but they love to explore, to investigate life. They're seekers, they're curious, um, uh, again, my nephew, such a great reference to this, he will watch um, uh, um, animal shows, and he'll fixate on it. He loves it, and particular animal shows, by the way. Um, some of the ones that have, like, sharks in there or snakes and uh, kind of those, those, <laughs> those dangerous animals, which I admit, they are fascinating. Um, but he will, I mean, if, if, my, if my sister and brother-in-law allowed it, he'd probably be glued to that television watching those shows uh, religiously. But even even outside of TV, the realm of TV, he will uh, he will dig for worms. In fact, I, there were some times where he wanted me to get the dirt soaking wet to try to to try to uh, um, call out the snuff out the worms there. Get uh, I don't know if snuff out, but yeah, kind of snuff out the worms and get them uh, wriggling through the dirt so he could find them and play with them. Which then he stretches them and pulls them, and so, I mean he does some some damage to them, but. He's so, it's so pure. It's not to, you know, it, it's, it's, anyway, I, it's beautiful. So, um, he, again, he loves, uh, he, he loves, he's so fascinated with life. And so that's so intrinsic in a child is this incredible, pure, unrestricted fascination and curiosity. Children want to learn and grow and create and build and, and, and master things and find. And when they find mastering things, what do they do? They want to, they, they feel so satisfied and delight in their ability to uh, achieve something, to connect to something, that they want to show it off to people and share in it with people. And as I said before, too, like children don't hold their emotions in, they express it, they're honest. And they don't, there's no judgment in them. They're not, uh, evaluating person, uh, someone right or wrong, or are on these standards of who's better and who's not. Now, I know a child will, you know, fight for attention and 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 want that, sure. But there also isn't this ego of I'm better than somebody else, right? Um, so, uh, so this is what this is what Jesus is talking about. It's this childlike nature. This is why he he calls a child over and places them in the midst. Of the disciples and says, you got to become this. You got to find this again. You got to go back to your roots. You got to change or convert. And he says, you'll never enter. Never enter. So the kingdom of heaven, which he says is now, he says, you can't access that now unless you find your childlike self, unless you go back to those roots, to that primal nature inherently within. 
Now, what is he talking about here? Uh, or or, or um, how, how does one get to that? Well, uh, he... Uh, he elucidates that. He gives some clarity on that uh, or hints at that in the next line when he says, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest. Now, uh, when we're talking about humble here, um, uh, it's, and I'm going to butcher this because I'm not, I am not fluent in Greek at all, uh, but it's, it's uh, uh, tapenu, T-A-P-E-N-O-O, and the last O has the accent at the end. Um, now, humble, in this sense, means to lower yourself. It's talking about ego. And now, ego is uh, self-image. It's, it's how I, uh, it's my persona that I uh, project out in the world. I masquerade out there. I want people to see me in this way, in this light. So when he's talking about humble, it's in the context of ego. And when he says humble, he's talking about lowering oneself. Because if ego, uh, or if, if one has a prideful ego, that means that they've they see themselves above others, uh, elevated before on their pedestal, thinking that they're better or greater than, right? That's the whole point of the question: Who's greater? Who's the best? What Jesus is saying here is actually um, the greatest is the child here, and if you want to be great, then you're going to have to humble yourself, meaning you've got to lower yourself, you got to see yourself differently. Now. Uh, humbles at times uh, has been associated with this kind of self-flagellating reaction. It's a distortion of oneself, meaning uh, I see myself as worthless, as a piece of shit, as a fuck-up. Um, I'm not deserving, or I'm undeserving, or I'm a wretch. And that's those are pretty common, or commonly heard phrases at times you can hear like within the institutionalized church. In some of the uh, the hymns and the songs of you know you saved a wretch like me, right? And that's that uh, unfortunately humble has kind of been uh, um, inculcated with that kind of understanding that it's it's this lowly looking at myself that I'm I not matter much I am just a peasant kind of thing. But that's not what he's talking about because if a child lives in reality. If they're immersed in who they are in the moment, as they are, as, uh, as they live and breathe, as they interact with life, as they laugh and enjoy, and they're not self-critical about themselves, and they're not critical about others, which is all a distortion, by the way. If they just exist as they are, as they move experientially, I'm, I'm, I'm adding more to the job. I, I, I missed uh, some things I didn't um, uh, in terms of my description of children. But uh, uh, if a child just is, then being humble means you just are. Which means, to me, is that this is, it's synonymous, it's connected to reality. Reality of who I am, and reality of life, and a reality of who others are. Without this distortion, without this evaluative posture, or rubric, that I'm better than or I'm worse than, it's just I am. That's what's badass. A child is just is. So that's what I believe Jesus is talking about, is that the path to find this childlike nature is a path, a humble route. Which means the masks come off. The way I perceive myself before others, whether I'm a piece of shit or whether I think I'm this, I'm, you know, 
I'm this unstoppable badass and I'm better than others and look at me. Right, this the chest puffs up and I feel ten feet tall, even though I'm five six. But inside I feel like, oh yes, I can see. I I I um um, I am greater than others because of what I can see. I've, I've had these experiences of myself where I think, man, you know, the ability to see some of this stuff and access this stuff and have understanding. Oh, yeah, I have these moments where my chest puffs up and I think, oh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm hot stuff. And then I realize in myself, oh, yeah, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> Nor am I this awful, horrible person. But this is ability to embrace myself in, 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 uh, with authenticity and honesty. Meaning that, yes, sometimes I'm an asshole. Sometimes I can be shitty towards people. Sometimes I don't give a shit about people. Sometimes it's just, I, it's all about me and I want it to be all about me and I don't, I don't want to give anything to anybody else. And then there's this other side to me where, man, I want to give. Man, I want to invite people over and have dinners and have great conversations and laugh and enjoy and, and, and share, uh, express beautiful message, personal messages to them about how much I appreciate them. And I'll cry with people. I'll get angry for them and I'll, and I'll illuminate the truth in them and I'll confront judgment that plagues them. Yeah, there's all of that in me. That's reality. That, to me, is being humble. That is a nature of humility. And I keep avoiding humility because it sounds like humiliation. But it's, it's, a, it's a humble nature. It's a humble state of being. And so, uh, and so this is what Jesus is talking about, is this, con- this honest, real connection to myself and who I am. Not this distorted sense or uh, or where someone has an inflated grandiose fantastical view of themselves nor is it self-deprecating that i'm this horrible awful worm no so um so when someone can uh embrace themselves accept themselves entirely for who they are that they get angry, that they get sad, that they have creativity, that sometimes they don't want to do anything in life, sometimes they want to do everything in life, sometimes they love people, sometimes they hate people, sometimes all of this. When I can embrace that, when I I enter into the truth, and I enter in into this nature that lives and breathes within me, and I enter in the kingdom that way. And when I, when I think Jesus is talking about this childlike nature and he's talking about the kingdom of heaven, he's talking about freedom. This freedom to just be. Not I have to or altering myself or it's done in obligation. or No, it's just as, as life flows in and through me. Like for instance, last night, um, actually during the day, I, was, I, was, I couldn't wait to experience this, but I, um, I knew I wanted to go for a walk, for a long walk at night. Because I knew I was processing things. I was, I was angry. Because I have. I've been so pissed. Pissed about life. Pissed about friends. Pissed about ex-girlfriends. Pissed about parents. Pissed about not being able to be pissed throughout my life. Pissed because I've missed out on experience, sexual experiences with women in the past. Because I, you know, I was under this idea and this belief that I had to wait till I was married. And I mean, go on, so on and so forth. Just so much has been held down in me. So I knew when I went out on this walk, I was kind of excited because I, I wanted to express all this stuff. 
And I followed that. I followed that nudge. I followed the, the, the compass within me that was pointing me in direction. This is what I'm talking about. This is how a child lives. They, even though they're not conscious in their early years, which, by the way, is a parent's role to help them become conscious, to understand themselves without judgment, right? Um, uh, but a child um, moves instinctually in this way, intuitively in this way, right? So this is what Jesus is talking about, is getting back to this nature. And this is what is exciting, is that life for me, can be lived this way. Out of this inner guidance, out of this inner inkling, out of this, you know, do I want to connect with people right now? No. And there's nothing wrong about it. And I can enjoy myself. Or I'm angry and I can embrace that. Or I'm sad and I can embrace that. Or I'm obsessive. <laughs> I can embrace that. Or I'm reading my paper and it just, uh, it just doesn't work for me anymore. And I can embrace that. That's, that's what I believe he's illuminating. That's what I believe he's talking about, is this childlike nature. And that, to me, is spirituality, is this humble embrace of who I am. And this ability to engage and indulge in life as a child would, unrestrictedly openly, wanting to learn, wanting to grow. In fact, that's the experience I have even with sessions with clients. When I get out of my head and I listen to my experience, all the truth is right there. And when I speak from that, it invites a different connection. I've experienced that with people, where people appreciate me being real and honest with them. And yeah, sometimes it's scary because it's moving in the unknown. But that's how we're wired. That's what's pulsating in us. That's, that's, uh, that's our roots. That's primal for me. And we get to access this now. Now, it's not an easy path, right? Because there's a lot of uh, debris in the way. And a lot of inhibiting factors at times. And mostly, for me, it's just judgment. I mean, actually, that's actually all that is, really, is judgment is this harsh critic, this evalu evaluation. And when I've gotten through that, when I've gotten past that, and I found my truth, I tell you what, I feel this freedom. I feel alive, I can breathe. When I'm in the midst of judgment, it's very constricting. Right. And even when I elevate myself above other people, there's a judgment in that. There's an evaluation in that of I'm better than. That's what I mean. But when I can find the roots of that, of what, what's driving that is, oh, I just love this. I love that I get to see life this way. I love that I get to experience this. I love that I get to talk about this. I love that this is something that excites me. And I get to share this with people. But it doesn't mean I'm better. It doesn't mean I'm above others. So, I think that's it. Because if I keep going on, I'm just going to drag this out, and then I'm going to lose interest myself. So um, anyway, I hope that that excites you. I hope that that... I, I, do, with, do with this what you want. Make it your own. Explore, explore it out for yourself. This is what makes sense to me. And, and I love it. That right now, I can experience this inside myself. And the only thing that's blocking it for me is judgment. Only thing. 
Mo- yeah, mostly. Judgment, uh, whether it's judgment from others or it's this internal voice of judgment that I've absorbed from others. So um, the, pre- the, the next episodes, we'll be talking about that even more so. Um, but all that to say is I hope, I hope that this resonates in some way. I hope that you're, you begin to find your childlike self if you don't already live in it. But this is what we're invited into. This is what we're experiencing. And this is what I see even in my journey has been this invitation to embrace myself fully as I am. I love it. That is the lifestyle for me. That's spirituality. That's the spiritual lifestyle. So um, to be continued, on that note, I am going to say goodbye. Take care.